so we exalt you, Lord. We lift you up. Hallelujah. You're worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. You're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. And we exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk today about uh, the healing being the children's bread. Okay. Amen. Talk about the children's bread and share with you some revelation that God gave me. I was praying for my little Coco. I know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, she has some kind of what they call a, um, blocked tear duct, which causes her some difficulty with her eye, but she's healed. Amen. Amen. And so I had been questioning the Lord about healing for different areas, like for your pets. I mean, you know, I, I like to see it in the word so I can have confidence. Uh, that it's covered. So I'll just, as we teach, I'll share with you what he showed me about it. And so I'm, I was just very, very thankful. I was just tickled to death. I was tickled to death. Just between you and me. I was tickled to death, as they say. Not death literally. You know what I mean? You know, people, <laughs> I am. But, uh, you know, tickle silly. That's even worse, huh? Amen. You either dead or silly being tickled but anyway anywho but uh yeah i was very very pleased and excited that god had given me an answer and it was uh just a blessing so anyway uh i'm going to share with you uh, some of the insights that i did receive when talking about um the bread bread of life and how we have a daily portion of healing from the Lord. If you turn to Matthew, no, I got Luke here, sorry. Luke chapter 11, we're starting verse 3. Matthew 6, uh, 11 does the same thing. They're both, both teaching on what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. 11, 1, it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Amen. So it was a sincere request, even though it came a little secondhand. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a little rivalry between John's disciples and Jesus' disciples. You know how that thing went all the time, back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, John's John's people fast all the time. We don't. What's the problem here? Aren't we as good as John's people? Well, yeah, you can quit eating anytime you want to. <laughs> but anywho, uh, uh, but anyway, Jesus teaches them because he sees the heart of them that they really are lacking in understanding, so they need teaching. And he said to him, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, or holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven, so on earth. Or the other uh, account says, um, uh, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. So we have an allotment of daily bread coming to us from God. Amen. Jesus also, when he taught on bread, he told us 
that he was the bread of life. How many of you know that your food bread is the bread of sustenance? But he's the bread of life. Sustenance comes and goes. It goes in one end and out the other. Can't be more plain than that. Amen. So, of course, you need to have sustenance replenished to you on a daily basis. And that's one of the reasons Jesus uh, uses that analogy. There's there's also the bread of life that he feeds your spirit. Okay, so life refers to what goes into your spirit. Sustenance is what sustains your natural life from day to day. So you need both. You need that Jesus taught man should not live by bread alone. In other words, sustenance alone, but by every word, eternal life that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we live by the natural life and by the spirit life. You you can't be effective for God without having a daily dose of each, of both, okay? One is not really necessarily more important than the other, but you can be sustained for a long time with no sustenance bread if you feast on the bread of life, amen? And we all know that. Many times we'll fast and skip a meal a week, remember? Not messing with nobody, just dropping a remember on you. Uh But we find that we're more alert spiritually when we let go of all worldly things. It's not just food. Everything, the fast that God has chosen, he's explained it to us. Put away the pointing of the finger. Put away conflict and strife and religion and competition and all of that and and start doing something for somebody else when he says deal your bread to the poor it just means give not expecting anything to re- in return got me and so when we understand god's heart then we'll flow more with his spirit so that we have more spiritual alertness awareness we're available more in the realm of the spirit when we put down the natural sustenance for the spiritual. Daniel did that. It spared his life, his friend's life. You you understand what I'm saying? That drawing near to God will spare you life in times of trouble. Amen? Amen. Just just put down the, the, you know, gossiping, backbiting, being ready to hear something negative about somebody and pass it on. You know, that... What we would call immature stuff, some people still indulge in it. You know, they want to hear a little juicy, oh, let me get that tea. Did you get the tea? Huh? Right. Right. So we always want to share a little bit of tea with somebody. Huh? That's my girl, Rachel. She always, (laughs) she used to try to keep me up on the monitor. They said, Baba. That's not it. I said, I didn't get it right yet, Rach. I said, keep telling me. I'll get it. I'll get it. Trust me. You know. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're not to indulge in. But indulge in more of your daily bread coming as sustenance of bread from heaven. 
And if we'll indulge ourselves in the bread from heaven, we'll have more eternal life, we'll have more success, we'll have easier answers to prayer, I can tell you that much. You can believe for everything to happen if you put away certain things that, that indulge your flesh, amen? And so even though food is necessary, there's necessary food and then there's overindulgence. You know what I'm saying? You, just, you know, everybody got ahead that little blue and white or green and white cup every day for seven dollars. If we get the saints out of Starbucks, man, what we could do, amen? It's just true. And what you could do with your own seven bucks, you could pay some bills, huh? But we gotta. Everybody's gotta have a prop with them now. You understand what I'm saying? So. That in itself is feeding your flesh. Because you gotta look like everybody else that's intellectual or cool or sipping on a, a green and white cup. Huh? I told Pastor Shirley, we've been praying for Starbucks shut down. Cause they told us they didn't want no Christians in their business many years ago. They stopped putting our healing school flyers in there. They said it offended their customers. So I said, oh, okay, well we'll see what that's been over, what, 15 years ago We they stopped letting us put flyers in? I said, well, we'll see what God has in store for you. I hear recently they closed over 400 stores. Howard Schwartz, the original CEO, was the one that made all those decisions. He quit several years ago, resigned, gave the mess to somebody else. And they've been going downhill in reputation ever since. I told Pastor Shirley, I said, Dunkin' Donuts has a line around the corner, bumper to bumper. See, people will find someplace else to go. If God doesn't favor you and bless you, somebody else will eat your lunch. Oh, Pastor Barb, that's so mean. Oh, no, 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 no. 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 I mean, if they don't bless us, they won't be blessed. That's the word. Huh? I ain't in charge of bringing the word to pass. All I do is stand on it. And remind God, I said, see how they treated your people, Lord? They had traffic in there back to back. Look at all the people that missed getting to healing school because they wouldn't take our flyers. Nothing personal. It's just business. Amen. Okay, so give us every day, day by day, our daily bread. Day by day, our daily bread. So we want day by day our natural sustenance bread and also our spiritual food. Every day, we're to get a portion of what we need to sustain our spiritual life, our physical life, our health, everything that we need, God is commanded and committed to provide that for us. We need to believe him for it. Problem with many believers is they don't believe. Amen? Many people just don't believe God's going to take care of them no matter what. You got me? And so sometimes he has to go about proving that to us through some type of test that we get ourselves into. And then we cry out to God and we realize that every single time we've cried out to him, ain't nobody unusually thin, ain't nobody missed no meals, ain't nobody lacking nothing, 
Amen. So God proves this scripture to us day in and day out. And then if you will read further into your covenant, you'll find out that if you would put him first and put the things of his kingdom first, start learning about him, learning the rules of the road, learning how to love, learning how to pray, learning how to do all the things related to the kingdom. Amen. Then he will add to just the basics. Everybody in the father's house gets the basics. And the more you serve and the more you get in his will and believe, you get the add tos. Amen. So there are some things you just will get because you're a child of God. And you do your little basic things, you know. You know, people will go hungry because they wander away from the, the house of God. You know what I'm saying? Like I see churches closed now. I say, you know, they're playing a little dangerous game. And they need to pray and make sure they're supposed to be closed. You got me? Because they're going to look back on this time and see where they missed sowing and investing and in all of that and, and really uh, digging in to serve the people of God. You know, if you can get to the house of God, you know your needs are be met. But if you're on the Internet watching your pastor, you don't know anything. You You just are not sure of anything. You can't converse with them. Now you can put that little chat thing up there, but that's not the same thing as, is talking to somebody about what your need is from time to time. So it's not the same thing. And many times it's not even a good substitute because they, you know, people jump on there and they say, hi sister so and so, and then they jump right back off again. You know what I'm saying? We make our appearance and disappear. Amen. Cause we can't take too much of that preaching stuff. So we have to be careful. With making sure that we've heard from God on these things. Amen. You can, you can open your church and do your social distancing. You can do masking if that's what you feel needs to be done in your crowd, et cetera, et cetera. But, but, you know, keep the things of God, keep yourself available to God's people as much as possible. Don't fall into the worldly trap of video stuff. You know, even even the preaching's a different quality. See, when I preach to you live, sitting here, God reads your needs. He reads the intent of your heart. He knows what's coming for you next week. And because you're here, the Holy Spirit in me can read what that is, and I can preach toward that area. I don't know who out there. Amen. So you can't tell me there's no difference. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Or Jesus wouldn't have ordained church. He would have made video 2,000 years ago when he birthed the church and say this is the way to do it. Ow! Ooh, Pat. Ooh, ooh. Why are you being so mean to them people on the internet? Because they need to be in the house of God. There is no substitute for assembling yourselves together. Not in front of no screen. You don't know who on that thing. Amen. People get so theatrical when they get on there that I'm waiting for everybody to come on. Come on, y'all. Come on. You don't do that when you preach in church. You let the ursers bring everybody in. Yeah, the usher board. 
let everybody in. And when the, when the, uh, worship stops, you light into it. Amen. Don't mess with me. Amen. That made me feel good. <laughs> and the people that need to hear it never listen. You know, they're never on there watching, but anyway, it's out there. So, <clears throat> amen. But, uh, you know, you may be shocked when you start your church back up again. You might have to go find people again. One thing we know about sheep, they will find someplace else to get fed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they want food, they gonna go find it. Well, my, my people, them ain't your people. It's God's people. See, when you put it that way, it puts a whole different slant on things, doesn't it? Many ministers see people as theirs. You belong to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So day by day, we're to thank God for our daily bread. I like that better. Amen. Because really what, what it says here, when it says, give us this day our daily bread, that's not asking God in the sense, it's asking God in covenant language which assumes that he has it set aside for you. So it's not an if, an and, and but, or a maybe. It is a prayer, but it it already donates that you are entitled to it and God has it set aside for you somewhere. If it's not in your house, in your refrigerator, in your possession, all you need to do is start to thank God for it. Amen. And it'll show up. And see, that's why you start prayer with worship. When it says, Hallowed be thy name. Huh? That's not Hollywood be thy name. That means your name is reverent, revered, respected, and holy. Amen. Holy is your name. Amen. Father, holy is your name. You're without blame. You're faultless. Amen. Everything you do is perfect. Everything that you do is right and just. And I thank you for my daily bread today. Amen. So really when he says give me day by day my daily bread. Now you can either take that as living by faith. You have permission to live by faith that every day God's going to feed you. Or what it does is invite you to come to God on a daily basis to ask for what you need for that day. And see, that's always good because you can say like, God, I'm coming today, but you know what? I got another appointment with you tomorrow. Huh? And and, and expect yourself to show up at the appointed time to talk to him about today. Every day. Because see, what that does is that sets you up for daily provision, daily expectation, daily pleasant surprises, daily answers to to things that would happen that you don't want to happen in your life, daily intervention by angels that minister to you and, and to your offspring, your seed and your seed seed. So when you show up every day for your divine appointment, 
day by day, my daily bread. Let me go to him day by day and anticipate a good interaction. Anticipate. There's nothing wrong in this whole prayer that says, now if there's some, if some bad stuff show up, God, I'm hoping you'll be there for me. It says nothing like that. Amen. But he says, and don't lead us into temptation, which we, we understand that when you expect God to deliver you from evil, you know that he's not leading you in the wrong way. And what this prayer was written in a language that was different than the way we, it's written on that paper. So really it's, it, the implication is I thank you for not leading me into temptation. It's not like he said, you might do it, and please don't. What he's saying is, I thank you for not leading me into temptation. I thank you that you are the good shepherd, and you can lead, you'll always lead me the right way. And if I somehow get into trouble, you'll deliver me from the evil one. Amen? And so we thank him for deliverance from evil. Amen? And 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 then he says, uh, um, Forgive my sins. Huh? Always. I didn't do nothing wrong yet, but you thought about it. <laughs> Ooh, ah, what do you mean I thought about it? You did. Huh? See, you know what? <laughs> Listen. Forgiveness is not trying to get a false acquittal for something you've done. Forgiveness in this sense is really acknowledging our weakness toward iniquity. In other words, we still can do. Uh huh. It's acknowledging that part. Huh? Is everybody, we're on the same page or we got some people with wings sprouting out their backs here? Huh? It also acknowledges you don't have any right to be up in the Father's face without the blood of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and then if something comes into your mind that you know you did wrong, then you confess that and ask forgiveness for that. See, these things are about acknowledgments. They're not about, did I do anything? Let me see. What did, I can't think of, no, come on now. Let's, let's not get rich here. Let's just be normal, okay? But let me tell you what unconfessed sin will do to you. It will diminish your confidence at the throne. Because whenever the blood isn't applied, you don't have the boldness and the confidence to come there and ask for anything in faith. I double dog dare you to have it. I tell you, you look at your little buddies that backslide. Huh? They have long since quit the basics of relationship with God. And see, people quit churches, they quit assignments in God. Because they lose confidence. They don't believe. See, the first thing they'll do is start comparing them to somebody else in the church that seems like God is doing things for them and not doing things. 
See, when that starts, you derailed already and don't know it. Huh? So you need to be forgiven for that. You need to acknowledge that as sin. Amen? And ask God to forgive you for that. Covetousness. Judging. Looking at my brothers and sisters and thinking, well, what's the use of me trying to do anything? Or they always look down at me. They think I'm this. They think all that kind of stuff needs to be acknowledged as sin, folks. Jesus didn't say anything about skipping a day asking for forgiveness of sins, did he? It's all in the same prayer, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. So don't think you you walk perfectly enough before God to skip a day. Come closer. Huh? Yeah. That's how you come close to him. You're washed in his blood. Then he can examine you. Well, if your blood washed, you look just like him. (laughs) He says, see, if you judge yourself, I won't judge you. You've judged yourself. And he washes you. And y'all just alike now. And you're welcome to abide with him. See, we can keep up now. And keep up with where he's going. Huh? God's a good God, folks. He's holy. He said, you shall be holy because I, he said, I want you to look just like me. So I want you to talk like me. I want you to walk like me. That's how many times when, when we confess things, it seems like it hits on a hollow and empty room. And then sometimes when we confess things, it's like, man, I, woo. It's like you could feel it like that close to you. It depends on, on, on your, your, uh, holiness. It depends on your transparency. Huh? It's not that you, you know, your faith is low this time. Your faith can be stronger than you ever believe. Pastor Shirley gave us that word about God turning up, amplifying the power on our words. Amen? That's for people who walk with Him. Walk hand in hand with Him. Huh? I started walking with God because I didn't have anybody else to walk with. You ever make a friend like that sometimes? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he might be out on the walking track or something. I know it's, it's kind of a stretch for me, but back in the day when I was doing some walking. And you get out there and you start walking and somebody, you meet somebody out there walking on that track. You might go through about five or six different people and then all of a sudden somebody clicked with you. Amen. And you found a friend. Well, that's the way Jesus wants to walk with us every single day. And if we'll take, take that time to ask forgiveness of sins, I tell you, he'll walk with you continually. He'll come and find you when it's time to walk. Cause he knows you'll agree with him and you'll be ready to go. Amen. Come on, girl, let's do this. Amen. Come on here. Let me show you something. 
Come on here, let me refer, reveal this to you. Come on here, let me share some things with you. See, that's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Because they know what you need when you need it, and they'll come ring your number and pick you up, and they know you're ready to go all the time. God don't beg nobody to go do anything with him. Amen? But if he knows he can count on you and you're ready to go at all times, he'll come by for you and pick you up. Say, hey, girl, it's time for us to get this done. Come on here. Amen? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And that doesn't cheapen your relationship with him. It's still a reverent relationship. Amen? But God says when you come to him, hallowed be thy name because that is praise and that is worship. So we approach God with worship first, asking forgiveness of sins, thanking him for daily bread, or asking him whichever way you want to look at it. When you ask, it's asking in faith with assurance that it's granted to you. That's what it's talking about. It's not asking for and wondering if there's yes or no here. He will take care of you. Amen. Sometimes we just need to get used to it, living by faith and knowing that he's going to take care of us. And as we walk in that faith, amen, faith is a confidence, but it's not arrogant. Amen. It's confidence, but it's not arrogant. Amen. It's a humble respect for him. So he says, give us our daily bread. So we said that's a natural and a spiritual bread. So the spiritual bread, what does that consist of? Well, it consists of life. Amen? And health. Turn to Proverbs 4. Very familiar. 420 to 22. Says, my son, attend to my word. In other words, attend to your bread. Amen. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let the bread depart from your eyes. Keep the bread in the midst of your heart. Because that bread is life and health. To what? Your flesh. The life That word life refers to the life of the spirit. Amen. And the health refers to flesh. So when your your spirit receives life, that makes your spirit healthy. The more life of God you get inside your spirit, the healthier you are. Amen. And then he says, not just your spiritual need, but your physical well-being as far as health in your body is covered when you get your daily bread dose of the word. So when you eat the word, you are getting spiritual life and health to your physical man. So as you meditate on the word every day, you get healthier and healthier. God has provided for us to walk in divine health by the power of his word on a daily basis. So he said, you get in there every day, you'll stay healthy. 
I was talking to uh um Mary Lynch, yeah. Mom Lynch, Mary Lynch, Tony Bunkley's mother. And uh, I was just chatting with her and you know when God has blessed me, older people like me. Nah. Huh? They do. Always had a thing with you understand what I'm saying? Because they were usually the only people that wouldn't get bored. They'd go to sleep and I wouldn't know it, listening to me talk. I'm told that I talked for a long time when I was a kid. And normal adults would just run from me, but older people would sit and listen. So I always had that room. Yeah, I know. It's just. And, it, you know, they would usually drop a nugget or something on me because people would tell me, say, you think like old people. Some you, you know what I'm saying. It's just something there. But uh, I asked her while I was talking to her, and I said, "Mom," I asked her. I said, "Well, how you doing? You know, her daughter had passed away. Y'all know that." And and so I went to visit her. I think it was last Mother's Day, and we chatted for a little bit. And so I, we were talking about her favorite TV program. She said, "Oh yeah, well you know, well I get that after I get up every morning. I do my scriptures." Huh? She's in her mid to late 80s now. And in good health. Mentally alert, wise, patient, all of that stuff. But, but it's like a, uh, she didn't even make a big, well, you know, I get my, I have to have my scriptures every morning after I get out of my scriptures. Then I get up, have a little breakfast. She just took me through her whole day. But it started out with the word of God. Life and health to all your flesh. Amen. Day by day, my daily bread. That's what she partook of. And so you understand what God has provided for us. It's easy to take advantage of it. So then we know from that, from Proverbs 4, that healing is bread for the children of God. It's sustenance for the children of God. Amen? Jesus even said that. In Matthew 15, we hear him say that explicitly. Like I said, yeah, Matthew 15. Starting in verse 21, I think. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. No, wait, wait. Matthew 15, 15. Uh, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. 15, 26 or 20 something around there. Okay. All right. 21. Then Jesus went from there and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out to the same coasts and cried unto him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying after us. Typical entourage, right? They think it's about them. But he answered and said, told her this. He says, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, this is interesting. 
remember the the woman with the issue of blood and she came up and and in interrupted the centurion so to speak the centurion really got what he asked god for and she did too so there's two answers to prayer with an interruption here you see an interruption but only one person got see jesus attention on this lady and not on the disciples he ain't thinking about them because they don't want nothing not anything that he's gonna give them. He ain't gonna put up with their shenanigans, <laughs> their hooliganism and their malarkey. Amen. He ain't gonna put up with it. <laughs> That's what he says, malarkey. So there he is and he just totally ignores them. Oh, send her away. She's, she's, getting on my nerves you know then he tells her something interesting he's not it's it's not meat or it's not proper to take the children's bread and feed it to dogs so he tells this lady healing is bread for the jews those were the legitimate children of god by covenant now, other people were entitled to enter into that covenant. If you wanted to convert and serve the one true and living God, you were free to. Amen? Uh, uh, Israel had many tribes. that, and, and then when they came out of Israel, there were many people that converted and began to worship their God. Amen? And so it was open to everybody. And so when she hears that, she begins to worship him. She begins to act like She's a child of God. But when he tells her it's not right to take it from the children and give it to dogs, she says something that shows him her persistence with her faith. And she said, yes, Lord, but the dogs are entitled to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So I was talking to, I've been talking to the Lord about Coco for over, over the past, I would say, year or so. And so when I was listening to that, I was, I think it was Brother Hagen was preaching about it, about this scripture. And I'd heard him preach the same. I keep listening to the same tapes over and over again. And you know how your soul can clock out when it's familiar. And, and the Lord said, I'm going to show you something here. And he said, If there's healing in the food on your table every day and your dog eats the crumbs, your dog is eating healing when you give him the crumbs off your table. So your dog is healed by your leftovers. Amen. Y'all get that on the internet? Amen. Because I was trying to see where she was covered in the word and I saw in Deuteronomy 20, blessed is your cattle, your this, your that. And I was holding on to that, but nothing really rang in there. And God wants it to get settled so we don't argue about it anymore. And he told me, if you will continue to feed her your leftovers, which, hey, guilty, arrest me. 
It's for all you, uh, <laughs> you dog eats table scraps. Oh yeah. I get that from a lot of people. Well, I get, um, what is that? Pets are us or pet somebody that said, yeah, it, you know, these are people that ship it to your door. Chewy. Mine comes delivered to my door. I said, well, mine does too. It's called, uh, what's some things? What? Hey, Tip, what's that we give Coco? Them things? What's it? Them little, uh, sausage stick things. Slim Jims. I have Slim Jims delivered. And they have healing power in them too. Amen? Cause those are the crumbs from my table. Thank you very much. But he told me, he said, give her a table scrap. She likes them. He said, her sense of smell is better than yours is. Well, yeah. (laughs) Give Patches some tuna fish. You, You eat that. You know you do. And I ain't talking about that stuff mixed up with mayonnaise in the can. I mean real tuna fish. But you know what I'm saying. Amen. They, they, they smell what you smell. They like it just like you do. Huh? But he told me just every time you feed her, her table scraps, you know, just thank me for healing her. Cause that's her bread. Her portion is healing as well. Amen. So then that becomes your point of contact to believe God and thank God for healing your pet. Amen. And keeping your pet healthy and whole. Amen. Well, I liked it so much I made some cards out of it. So I'm... so you get more cards today, whether you want them or not. Give them to somebody that's got a pet. Amen. If you don't have one. Amen. Praise God. But but God will do that for us. Amen. So so all of, I got a list of, of pets that I pray for. Amen. So they're going to all, all get their card on the refrigerator. Dog will probably read it better than we can sometimes. Amen. So, so healing is bread for the children of God. So when you ask God for your daily bread, you're thanking him for healing you today. You're getting stronger every day in your health, both, both physically and spiritually. Amen. You get strengthened spiritually, you know, as you meditate on the word, you start to grab onto that and you get it locked in your heart where the enemy can't come in and grab it away from you. Once it's in you, it's in you. Now you may not obey it, but it's in there. You talk to any backslider, some of them will tell you more scripture than you can. Honey, it's in there. They just mad at somebody and won't live it. Huh? That's true. <laughs> I remember I was talking to God about things like that. And I wound up at the end of the conversation. I said, you know what, God? I refuse to let somebody send me to hell. 
<laughs> over an offense. You understand what I'm saying? Even if we can't be buddies, pals, we can definitely forgive and not hold anything against anybody anymore. Be careful fellowshipping with grudge holders. Huh? They'll bind you up in their nonsense. Huh? You gotta learn how to be friends with the right people. Amen. <laughs> you just have to. And take God's word for it. If they speak against God, his people, his church, amen, his prophets, any anybody that belongs, anybody blood-bought, you got to be careful about people like that. Let them go their way. <laughs> their unbelief has wrecked their life. You don't have to let them wreck your life too. Amen. Learn how to be loyal to the right thing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So here Jesus tells her, this is bread for the children. That is also a good communion scripture. Amen. Because the Bible also says he will bless our bread and our water and take sickness from the midst of us. So your bread and your water is blessed. When we speak the word of blessing over it, that word is not meeting that food for the first time. What you are doing is you are affirming what God already says about it. You can't have anything from God that hasn't already been spoken by him. And when you bless that food, what you are doing you are reiterating what God has already promised about it. That this is a healthy table. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Even your golden arches bag is blessed, okay? But y'all ain't going to be living off that all the time. Invite me to no drive through. I went somewhere to minister for some people and <laughs> I should have known it was gonna go. No, I'm not gonna say that. But they went through McDonald's. Do you want anything? I said, No, no, thank you. I didn't know that was gonna be the last supper. I was gonna say, Y'all didn't tell me. And see, I know the, the old preacher adage, never pass up the opportunity to do two things. One is go to bathroom. Number two is eat. Amen. Because that was all she wrote for the whole day. Huh? So me and Chuck, we, we start, we know what to do. We keep our emergency nuts. We keep our emergency. <laughs> we live off nuts and berries. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I was listening to Brother Hagen minister about that. He was, <laughs> I thought that was bad enough. He holds the record. He and his wife went for three days with nothing to eat. He stayed at a parsonage with a minister and his wife. He said every morning they got up and left. Left them there. Didn't come back until the evening was time for the evening meeting. And so he said a couple of times he threatened to call the overseer and report him. And he said, he said, 
My wife asked, well, did you call? What did they say? He said, no, I didn't make the call. And this is what he said. He said, that man is not going to go anywhere in God's kingdom. He said, but it's not going to be on my account. See, he said, I'm not going to be the one to add to his difficulty. Because any idiot who would starve God's people, preachers especially, people delivering the word, my goodness. Huh? (laughs) It's just true. And the saints. You don't slight the saints either. Amen? You you don't muzzle the ox that spreads out the corn. You do that for an animal. You let them eat. You starve a preacher? be it from me amen that's why a lot of plans that people have in ministry never pan out we don't think the small things are important everything's important to God you represent him amen amen so anyway this brings us to the communion table Mark chapter 14 hopefully I got the right one All right, let's see. Oh, Mark, like I said, no wonder I can't find it. Mark chapter 14. So you understand the children's bread. You understand your spiritual bread and your natural sustenance. God provides both of them. But in talking about the spiritual bread and the spiritual uh, benefit to it, spiritual ramification, we talk about um, the, the uh, communion table. This was the last Passover Jesus ate with his disciples. And he says here <clears throat> in Mark fourteen twelve, and the last day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said to him, Where are we going to go so that we can eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the city. There you'll meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever he shall go in, say to the good man of the house, The master says, Where is the guest chamber where we shall eat the Passover with my disciples? He'll show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. They There make it ready for us. So they went forth and so forth and so on. And verse 17, and in the evening, he came with the twelve. As they sat at meat, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, one of you which eats with me shall betray me. Now, this was a very grievous fault. Because when you ate the Passover meal, or you eat a covenant meal with anyone, that symbolized friendship. And I'm not talking about nothing cheap, neither, baby. We're talking about covenant, blood covenant friendship, which means that once you sit down and you declare peace with a person, if you violate that peace, then they're entitled to take your life. The blood covenant. When he starts out saying, one of you is going to betray me. 
And he eats the covenant anyway, wouldn't it? Huh? So here you have him somebody. See, this is what covers backsliders. This is what covers these people that get on Facebook and talk bad about the church. Huh? That means you skip over that conversation, delete them if you want to, don't press like, don't press nothing. Just stay out of it. Because that is betrayal. See, you're in blood covenant with everybody who is blood bought. And to violate that covenant is not just an offense, it's a betrayal. It's a higher offense. Amen? See, betrayal really means that you have agreed and sworn against your life that you're not going to violate any of these laws, agreements, specifications set down. And to willfully violate them or violate them in any way can, can, you can, it is lawful for you to have to forfeit your life if you violate that. So Judas sits down and eats the covenant anyway. And he had betrayal in his heart. Satan entered his heart and he went ahead and did that. It's interesting when, when it says Satan entered into him, it's like he might have had a chance before then. You see what I'm saying? Could have resisted the devil. But it was God's plan for him to carry what he did so that Jesus would go to the cross and pay for many more people. Amen? In other words, the sin of betrayal is forgivable. But you find people who betray God and it's hard to convince them sometimes to repent and come back to God, isn't it? So what do we do? We go find new converts. See, it's easier sometimes to preach the gospel to somebody who never heard it before than to try and pry a backslider out of their backsliddenness. Many of them never regain what they had before. You ever notice some of these preachers that mess up, they live at a low level of ministry forever, almost? It's like, can't you shake yourself out? No, they can't. Because if they could, they would. Many times the devil haunts them through people that continually bring it up. <laughs> I mean, you... <laughs> You probably have at least a degree of peace with God, but now people won't let you go. Look at what happened to David. Now, he was under a different covenant, but David knew the God of mercy, too. You understand what I'm saying? Was merciful that he was allowed to live. He and Bathsheba and go on to have more children, and one of them become the king. That's high forgiveness. But look at what happened to him throughout his life. He was, he was, the kingdom was almost overthrown by his own son. He was embarrassed publicly. His son had sex with his wives out in public. People threw stones at him, people that used to bow to him, and he was the king, folks. So this people thing, I don't care how much you, I'm forgiven and God don't hold. Oh, 
Oh, your horses. <laughs> I wouldn't be bragging about it. I go in a hobble somewhere and say, God, I just stay here and pray for the rest of my life. You know, you don't have to make me public nobody. You don't have to give me no kind of platform. Just don't send me to hell. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus, uh, Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Kiss was always a sign of covenant. He publicly greeted him as a brother just to turn him over to the authorities that crucified him. Amen. So Jesus already bore the pain of betrayal for his body. That's us. You think you can't forgive somebody because they did that and did this to you. He already took the pain of betrayal. I'm going to say it again. You were expecting good treatment out of somebody because they were supposed to treat you well. Amen? There's no dispute about that. But the hurt that it caused you is no excuse for you to go through life. Not trusting, not loving, not forgiving, not caring. Why? He bore the pain of betrayal in his own body. We see it right there with a kiss. Kiss and betray. A parent that was supposed to take care of you failed. Huh? It's forgivable. You don't have to live your life in the shadow of it. You don't have to live your life feeling like, feeling rejected and like second class because he bore the pain of it. You just gotta receive your bread. See, we could be healed every day or we can be bound up every day. The choice is up to us, but I'd rather be healed. You understand what I'm saying? If you reach out for it, it's there. Every stripe that a, a lying tongue placed against you, huh? Or a disappointment, huh? Or, uh, you know, some of the things that we think we've been robbed of, we haven't had an opportunity to really get them yet. Cause it's waiting for you up ahead. In the land of obedience, in the land of obedience. That's where your stuff is. But see, you're sitting back here in the valley of languishing, thinking it's supposed to come to you. And you're in the wrong place at the right time to receive what you need from God. Sometimes we're healed as we went. We got to go winting. And yeah, you got sniffles, and yeah, you crying, and you got wet eyes, and all. <laughs> but God, I'm gonna follow you anyway. Ever been there? I have. I don't know if I can go another day like this, God, but I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna stick my foot out there and say I'm following you. Huh? And then little by little, because of your obedience, 
because of you walking away from the thing that hurt you so much. You keep walking. You say goodbye to it. I'm not going to nurse it anymore. I'm not going to repeat it to anybody anymore. I'm not going to be mad about it anymore. I'm not going to let it motivate my decisions anymore. That's the worst part. People live a very limited life because of self-protection. Uh-huh. We keep a loaded gun over some of them hurts. Anybody come close to it and try to take it away from us? You hear that little click of the revolver? Huh? Keep that little revolver cocked. They come close, you go BAM! Ooh. I didn't know the gun was loaded. <laughs> So sorry, my dear. Well, he's still dead. You were only wounded. Now you done killed them. Huh? So that's why we need a daily dose of healing. He knows what you need to have done. You don't need counseling. I, people kill me. Does your church have counseling? Who wants to know? I don't have no license. <laughs> I'm just anointed and I got a Bible. Will that work? <laughs> Everybody want to take up a whole lot more time than is necessary. All you got to do is sit and receive the word. God knows what you need better than I do. Huh? And if that ain't working, the anointing breaks the yoke at the altar. Amen. So Jesus begins to serve the covenant meal. And he says, verse 24, he said, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Truly I say to you, I will no more drink the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So that was his last meal. It was the last Passover meal as well. He said to them in verse 22, this is my body, eat it, and it's broken for you. Amen. So the bread represented his body. The wine represented his blood. What that means is that you have new life coming into you because of what he did. And this is why we have communion. To in remembrance of what he did at the cross. Why we need to do it in remembrance? Because we forget. Sometimes we run off and act like heathens. Sometimes we, I can't do this, I can't do that. When you get to the can't do's, you need to be in remembrance. Huh? The Bible says as often as you do it, Do it in remembrance of him. That means don't just do it as a ritual because you think it's supposed to make you a Christian. Huh? But if you will take the time to remember, God, I have pain in my body. I'm remembering that you bore my pains and carried my sorrows. And as he serves you, his broken body, 
then you take into yourself his whole body. That's why a lot of people get healed, delivered, set free at the communion table if they'll take it right. Now, what did the Apostle Paul say? He said, this can backfire on you too. Where's my scripture? Which Corinthians and which which? Okay, like I said, first Corinthians. <laughs> I should have just worked my mouth, right? First Corinthians eleven twenty five. Like I said, twenty three. Paul says, For this I received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you. So this is something that's handed down into the church, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, knowing he would be betrayed. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. So here we see when it says he gave thanks and broke it. What does that remind you of? Remember when he fed the multitude? Yeah. So it multiplies. This is the multiplication factor in the communion table. So this repeats every time you do this. And he says, after the same manner, he took the cup. When he supped, saying, this cup is a New Testament in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death, your death, his resurrection, your resurrection, the whole process. He bore your sins, carried your sorrows, everything that was included in that. You show it, you demonstrate it. And when you do a physical demonstration in faith of what Jesus did for you, you receive the spiritual benefit of it. So that makes it a spiritual transaction for you to leave your broken, dead past at the table and receive new life, forgiveness, atonement, everything that the table provides and the new covenant provides for you. That's what's supposed to happen at communion. Amen? But he says, whoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. What about people who aren't saved that take it? What about people who have sin on their souls? Huh? Whenever you come to the commune, the holy table, you forgive everybody. You just can't sit up there and gobble up and think you're doing something. Thank God God is merciful. You understand what I'm saying? He says, examine yourselves. Amen? And he says, but let that man examine himself. And after you examine yourself, then eat. When he says examine, that means search your heart for anything against anybody and forgive. So it says go ahead and eat because when you examine yourself, we assume, super Christian, that you're going to ask forgiveness. Huh? Have you seen churches that people sit out communion because they ain't right with somebody? 
I can't take it today. Why not? You might get hit by a car when you walk out that door. You're that crazy. Thank God we serve a merciful God. See, that's just ignorance, wrong teaching. Don't open the Bible and don't teach it properly. But you're to examine yourself so you don't eat it unworthily. We assume you're here to receive communion. You're not here to deny yourself of it and go home. Examine yourself. Well, I have some against. Well, confess it and ask forgiveness. Don't let me come over there and shake you. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Tradition chokes out the word of God. Tradition will kill you. Huh? Paul said that's why some of you are weak. Weak in faith. Weak in believing. Weak physically. I just can't believe like that. You need to examine yourself. And I'm not talking about just because at communion. Examine yourself, period. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily, if you forget to examine yourself or don't even think about it, drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Amen? What's that mean, not discerning the Lord? What, not discerning, not discerning. Well, number one, if you got something against somebody, brother, sister in the church, you need to forgive them, forgive yourself. If you need to, go to them, make it right. Just so you recognize that that person belongs to God. They're important to him. It's important we keep fellowship with each other. Man, we turn on each other. The world is really lost. Thank God, God has faithful people still praying, still believing, still fighting the warfare. Amen. Because they discern the Lord's body. They recognize that God has people here. He wants uh, past, present, and future, the Lord's body. People who are coming into the kingdom. You have to discern those people. When you go out to minister, God will lead you to people that you can witness to and share. That's the Lord's, you're discerning the Lord's body. You recognize this one's ready, God. Give me the words to say. Amen. When you minister the word to somebody, you're discerning the Lord's body. Amen. You're recognizing that his body was broken for their healing. Let me tell them about it. Let me minister. Let me pray for them. Ask them if they want prayer. Amen. And, and and recognizing what his body is there for. What was it broken for? Amen. For healing and for salvation. Because his body was broken and his blood was spilled out. It's a total deal, folks. Amen. There's no bo- broken body without spilled blood. Amen. Because the whole thing was, the whole Passover lamb was killed and consumed. Amen. And so we have to recognize what we're doing with these things. They're not just rituals. See, the problem with, with church, churchianity, period, is that we'll take some things out of context and out of proportion and make a ritual and make a what we call sacrament. Amen? 
It's only sacred if it's according to the word. Amen. Now you can call a sacrament all you want to. And I think some of that language is good. But if it's taken out of the meaning, if it's taken out of here and just made something to do. Look, if it's man-made, man can invite you in and he can keep you out. Look at all the Catholics can't take communion because of this, that, or the other. And they about tearing their hair out. And I'm looking at them, I think to myself, listen, this is your freedom. This is your ticket to go find God for real. Amen. See, when man rejects you, God will take you up. Amen. You don't have to worry about nothing like that. But see, that's them ritual believers. Then they want to march on the church and tell it on the Pope and all that kind of stuff. Get mad at everybody because of a wafer. I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? Just because a man dressed in black gave it to you don't make it holy. Huh? Unless you're indwelt by the Holy One. on y'all God gave us daily bread to keep us whole when he would ask people that he ministered to wilt thou be made whole and they were made whole that meant that everything that they had was restored to them like Bartimaeus it's thought that because he was called Bartimaeus that that means Timaeus Jr amen so, and people carried those names because they were for prominent families. That bar in the front of your name meant that your family was somebody. If they wasn't nobody, why would they care if you were somebody's son? I mean, seriously, that's the connotation it took there. And so, it is thought that Bartimaeus was from a prominent wealthy family. But my take on it, because he was blind... The relatives were stealing his share of everything. Huh? Oh, this Bart, he don't know nothing. He can't see out there, but let's put him out there making beg. But he was an heir. One thing about sometimes people, they lose one, one, uh, they say one sense. The other ones are heightened. I bet Bright Bartimaeus could count. He could hear. He could think. Better than the greedy relatives could. He probably been keeping up with a mental account of everything that belonged to him. Only thing was stopping him was he couldn't see. So that's why he begged all the more. I believe the more they stole, the more louder he got. Every time he thought about all the them millions and stuff that was sitting waiting on him, them acres of property, he got like, hey, our son of David, don't, don't pass me by. Have mercy on me. <laughs> yeah. He jumped out of that robe. Amen. They say he threw it off like he was mad. He said, I'm going to get my sight. I ain't going home without it today. So if I got to follow you all day and holler all day, I'm getting it. Amen. We got to be that about things that are stolen from us. Amen. Be determined to get it. Don't settle for less. But he got restored. He was made whole. 
made whole means everything that you that's owed you comes to you. Amen. We have that kind of covenant with God. There's stuff that's been stolen from us for years. You just keep thanking God and word. Don't get mad at nobody. Go, don't go tell nobody off. You might get punched out. But if you let God do it for you, everything that's owed you will be restored to you. Amen? That's what made whole means. Some of them were made whole from that hour. Some of them were healed as they went. But as they went, they got whole. I know they did. Because if you follow Jesus, nothing will be lacking in your life. And you'll have more than what's owed you and then some. Amen? All right. Children's bread. Amen? Receive your daily dose every day. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. It comes with your word. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We honor you and we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for healing bread. Thank you, Lord, for the bread of life that's come down from heaven. And we love you and we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God.